Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, my friends, welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Uh, You were on the microphone today with me, Ryan Lee. I'm excited. I'm honored to be with you today. Uh, my friends, we just finished completing our quarterly planning for Cashflow Tactics, and I love this process of slowing down once a quarter to look at what we've done, realign with where we're going, and put our heads back down with a clear focus of what the next 90 day brings. You know, I think this process has done more for my mental clarity than anything else. And I'll be honest with you, there have been quarters where we've totally missed the mark and there's been quarters where we've knocked it out of the park. But just the simple process of slowing down and reorienting reorienting yourself with space and time um, and, and then realigning your resources and your focus to where you want to go in alignment with the vision that you have, it's such a powerful context. And I think we all intuitively know this, but operationally, we very rarely do that. So I guess the reason I'm starting off the podcast with that uh, is just to share with you the power of slowing down, the power of reorient, reorienting yourself in your life and with your financial plan. So wh- wherever you're at with your game plan, as it relates to what you're pursuing, um, put something on the calendar today, right now, to where you, preferably you and your spouse, uh, will stop and reevaluate your priorities and your objectives, realign your focus and your, your resources with the direction that's relevant for you. I, I promise you this will do a lot for what you're trying to accomplish, but that's not the topic of conversation today. So today, my friends, I wanna bring to you a topic that has been coming up in my mind uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, a couple, of, I think it was last podcast, maybe a couple podcasts ago, we talked about a methodology that we just released. It's called the SAFE method, and it's a way to empower individuals to double their retirement income. And we talked all about traditional retirement planning and why we're using retirement versus financial freedom with that methodology. So I'm not going to get into that today. But one of the objectives that we have with the SAFE methodology is really twofold objective. It's uh, to help people live rich. And then to help them, in addition to living rich, finish wealthy. And one of the things that we're doing in that SAFE methodology, which is meant to empower you with the framework to double your retirement income, no matter where you're starting from, to give you a methodology to literally double your retirement income without having to save more money, take more risk, or just crossing your fingers and hoping that it's going to work out. But we're trying to help people understand the difference between living rich and finishing wealthy. And I think oftentimes uh, with these two words and with a lot of words in the hum- in the English vocabulary, I think we kind of mix them up. And it's really hard to actually define the word wealth. We're going to spend a little bit of time on this podcast to do just that. But one of the things that we really focus on is helping people have a framework to live 
rich and finish wealthy, okay? Now, look, there's a million ways to get wealthy. There's plenty of books and podcasts and, you know, business coaching programs and all kinds of different things out there to show you how to, uh, you know, to get wealthy, to make money, okay? But here's the crazy interesting part about what we do specifically as it relates to achieving financial freedom and empowering you with money. There is... Um, there's not very much information out there on how you can actually stay wealthy. Okay, so there's a lot on how you can get wealthy, but very little information. And people just don't want to acknowledge and recognize that getting wealthy is a different game, but a necessary component um, to having long-term wealth inside of your financial plan. Okay, and I believe um, that there's really own, only one way to stay wealthy. And it's some combination of frugality, and a little bit of paranoia. Now, those two words might not jive with you. They might not sync with your definition of wealthy. So let me kind of go a little bit deeper on this concept. Uh, the key to all financial planning is really simple, okay? Number one, you've got to spend less than you make, or you could reverse that and make more than you spend, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it simple with this, to spend less than you make. I think one of the biggest things that people get themselves stuck in is they can't ever get out of this making money, spending money trap, and they, they eke out a percent, maybe 5%, maybe 10% of what they're earning, they can eke that out and put that away for the future, and that, that constitutes their savings rate. But what what slows so many people down, and I get it, I've been in this position, um, is their inability to save money, right? So they make they make whatever they make, but they spend just as much as they make. And if you're like most people, and, and the listeners of this podcast are not like most people, but you know the, the vast majority of the American public, they live right on the red line. Many of them live up beyond and above that red line where they spend more than they make, and they're waiting for tax refunds or a bonus or for something magical to happen so that they can you know right-size the ship of all the spending that they've done. So the key to financial planning is simple. Spend less than you make and invest the difference wisely. Wisely, okay. There is a deep, deep well of knowledge and expertise embedded in just these two sentences, and I, and I would highly encourage you to take a little bit of time and think about it. Right? What does it actually mean to spend less than you make and to invest the difference wisely? Because if you can master those two sentences, your path to financial freedom and true abundance is inevitable, okay. Now, look, I'm gonna talk a little bit about frugality. I'm gonna talk a little bit about um, really a version of paranoia, but I grew up in a very frugal home, okay? My mom sewed with a sewing machine my clothes. Uh, Hand-me-downs, you know, like getting clothes for my cousins, that was a common, common, you know, practice. Like I would, if I was a little guy, and so I would always get all the hand-me-downs for my cousins who were a little bit bigger and older than me. Um, we grew much of our own food in a family garden. We canned food. We made bread. Um, my dad, every Saturday, we had Saturday chores. We would clean our house. We would change the oil in our cars. You know, we did everything by hand. But I wouldn't say that I grew up poor. Now, when I was young, I thought I was. I thought I did grow up poor. Um, that was kind of my my version of this because no one else had Saturday chores. No one else had hand me downs. No one else, you know, went to pay less to buy their shoes and rather than getting you know a nice pair of Nikes. Like no one else that I knew did those things. 
But here's the antithesis or the other side of this level of frugality, okay? Um, my parents were extremely focused on what mattered to them. And, and ultimately, I guess to me, but really to them. I mean, it was their work, their money, their financial plan. And in the areas of life that matter to them, they spent abundantly. And here's what I'm, I'm going to share with that, okay? Um, even though we didn't grow up with a ton of money, whenever we went on a vacation, now we would always go camping. That was kind of our way of doing it. But man, we did it to the nines, right? So we had a fantastic time. I never felt like there was any lack or version of poverty on vacations. My dad Dad had a plan for, prep for, and we spent money on on experiences and on fun memories. My best memories growing up were were living uh, in our trailer and traveling across the the western coast of the United States and into the eastern coast a little bit as well. But pulling that trailer all over the place and living an abundant life on vacation. Now my parents, they've also retired. They plan for, prep for, and in a very traditional sense, they were able to retire and are living the life. Life that they want to live now. They're traveling to Europe, doing all kinds of service experiences, all kinds of things. But we grew up with a level of frugality because my parents understood the difference of uh, spending less than you make. Okay. Um, and then next, the next with all of this, there's a little has to be a level of paranoia with with staying wealthy as well. Because here's the one thing. Um, I believe that for all of us, there is an inherent amount of luck involved in everything that we do. You know, I started my real estate investing in 2009. Why? Not because I'm smart, not because I timed the market, not because I knew exactly when everyone was running away and I would step in. I was stupid lucky, right? I just lost all my money in 2008. I was sick of losing money in the market and I was dumb enough to try real estate investing. And so, you know, I ended up buying real estate for pennies on the do dollar and I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably bordering on millions of dollars just from those few homes that I've bought uh, in 2009. Now, look, the reality of it is um, in order to stay wealthy, it requires you to really have a general understanding of how to live frugally and how to live in a version of paranoia, knowing that the past isn't a, even though you can look at the past for trends, it's going to be very difficult to use the past to predict the future. If there's anything that these last couple of years have taught me is the world is uncertain. There are things that are going to happen. And because of that uncertainty, if you don't factor in a level of uncertainty into your financial plan, you will never be wealthy. Look, here's the reality. Keeping money requires the exact opposite of making money and making money you're, you know, you're going to go out and get money. It requires you to take risks. It requires you to have a level of optimism, uh, to put yourself out there, but keeping money is the exact opposite. It requires the opposite of taking risk. It requires humility, humility, and knowing that what you've made, you could lose it at any point in time. It requires frugality and acceptance that at least some of what you've made can be attributed to luck. And it also helps you understand that past success can't simply be relied on for future success. So to truly, truly understand the complexity, but also the simplicity inherent in the word wealth, 
you have to understand what it ultimately means. Now, um, going back to where I started this podcast, the objective of what we do inside of the safe method and really everything is help people operate a system where they get to live rich. And when you think about the idea of living rich, what do you think of? Really, I think of for me, rich is all of the things that, that we see with money. It's when people spend their money on clothes, cars, vacations, experiences, whatever it might be. But rich, being rich and living rich, inherently to me means it's the spending of money, which by default is the exact opposite of wealth. For every dollar that I spend, I might live rich. I might go on a fantastic vacation, but for every dollar that I spend from a financial budget, money in the bank account perspective, I'm less wealthy, right? I have less money to spend because I ultimately just spent some of the money that I have. And so with wealth, it's the exact opposite. Wealth is the money that you don't actually see. It's really interesting, right? It's hard to pinpoint who is actually wealthy out there because it's easy to see who symbolizes richness or who, you know, kind of shows off that they're rich because you can see the cars they drive, the homes they live in, the clothes they have, the things they do, and you can attribute a version of success to that, whether or not it's true or not. But it's easy to see symbols of richness, but it's difficult to find people who embody wealth because, again, like I said, wealth is what hides behind closed doors doors. Wealth is what hides behind the, the firewall of bank accounts, insurance policies, things that can easily be, um, be seen by the outside public. Okay. So, um, having wealth is, I'm going to give you three, three different ways to look at this. Okay. Now, if I try to use wealth, if I try to define wealth using the Webster dictionary, here's the three definitions we get from this dictionary. Okay. Number one, it's an abundance of valuable material possessions or resources, riches. Okay. So an abundance of valuable material possessions or resources, riches. Number two, the state of being rich or affluence. Number three, goods and resources having value in terms of exchange or use. And it's the third definition that I really want to focus on uh, as it relates to my view as it's evolving around the concept and the topic of what wealth actually means. Okay, goods and resources having value in terms of exchange or use. Riches are what we can oftentimes see and experience. It's the money spent, but all of the money spent in reality in reality deteriorates your monetary wealth. Wealth is the opposite. It's the money not spent. It's the money banked up or stored up. Wealth is options. Okay, I want you to think about it this way. Let's say you're just getting on this, going on this journey of wanting to become financially free, which by the way, freedom is the highest manifestation of wealth in my opinion. And I'm going to get to that in a moment, but let's say you're just getting going on this idea of using your money as a tool to become financially free. Okay. The number one thing that's going to predict your success is really how long you're willing and capable of playing the game, how long you're willing and capable of playing the game. And willing is a function of desire and a function of evidence, you know, successful evidence that would, um, that would prompt you to continue on the path. Uh, so that's really your desire. But really the, the next thing is how long you're able to play the game. If there's one thing I've seen over and over and 
and over and over again is many people quit the game of financial freedom because they get knocked out of the game of becoming financially free. Something unpredictable, and I'm using that in quotation marks, comes up and they realize they don't have the resources to ride out the unpredictability that they're in and they quit. They get knocked out of the game because they weren't prepared to play the game to begin with. So let me give you a couple of viewpoints of this idea of wealth and then let's let's really kind of bring this together for a summary of what wealth is. Okay, so number one, let's say you've got a little bit of money stored up, okay? Let's just say it's money in a bank account. Now, most people wouldn't look at you if you had, you know, maybe let's say $30,000 in a bank account and say you're wealthy, but what does this actually mean? Let's say um, your kid, or let, let's say you, let's say you get sick and you need to take an extended time off, maybe more time than your job will give you. You need to do that to recuperate your health so you can go back and go to work. Now, this is a big deal. If you could walk away from your job for a short period of time without breaking the bank or going into debt, you are by default wealthy. You're able to focus on the health and well-being of yourself, and this allows you to recover and restore your health so you can go back out as a productive human being and start making money. If you don't have that ability, right? If you don't have the ability to walk away, what would ultimately happen? You would work yourself until you got sicker and sicker and sicker that could deteriorate into something long-term, or maybe you do, you're just forced because you're so sick, you're forced to step away from the workforce. You use up all your sick days, and then you start putting things on credit card to accommodate and, and allow you to have the time necessary to recover. So having a little bit of money in the bank to walk away, step away, and focus on your health and well-being, um, man, this is a form of wealth. And let me give you a personal example. Um, for me, when I very first got going on my path to becoming financially free, um, I learned about the concept and the tool of leverage. And I thought leverage was God's greatest gift to me becoming financially free. And while leverage is a powerful, powerful tool, it is a double-edged sword. And I use leverage to the hilt. I was maxed to the nines. Um, I had nothing behind me and everything had to work perfectly in my financial plan in order for my financial plan to work, okay? I mean, and that's the default. For most people's financial plans, all of the variables have to work perfectly in order for it to work out for them. And as always happens, life does what it does, right? A financial plan might look good on paper, but reality is a whole different thing. And maybe about four months, five months after I started my path to becoming a real estate investor and I had leverage and no reserves, my oldest son, who was four at the time, uh, got really, really sick. Um, and he had to get an emergency open heart surgery. And that broke the bank. And my friends, I almost got knocked out of the game um, because of my lack of liquidity, my lack of reserves. And if it wasn't for someone stepping in, and I won't, uh, I'm not going to use this individual's name, but if, if it wasn't for someone stepping in and floating me for a couple months, um, I would have been knocked out of the game. And in addition to this, I want you to imagine the amount of stress on my shoulders, in my head. Now I've taken a loan from someone to, to support myself short term. On the, I'm on, on the verge of bankruptcy because I can't pay for my son's medical attention. I want to be present for my son uh, and be there for him. I mean, not having those reserves behind me was the antithesis. It was the opposite of wealth. It was poverty. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, let's say you have a little bit more wealth and this little bit more wealth allows you to explore the job market. My friends, there's a lot of people losing their job right now. I see headlines every single day. Uh, we have people in our community that I know firsthand have lost their ability or their opportunity in the short run to earn a living, to make money, to do the things that they were previously doing because companies are tightening their belts. Um, they've lost their income. Now, this is a scary place to be. Without reserves, without a, a version of wealth, um, you might be forced into taking a job that's not right for you. You might be forced into taking the first thing that comes by. You might be forced into not using this as an opportunity to refine and sharpen your skill set and go out and do something new in the marketplace. So having a bit more wealth when, when something like this comes up and you lose your job, um, if you've got the ability, you could navigate the job market and actually step into something far greater. Or without the wealth, you might be forced into taking the very first thing that comes up. So as number two, number, number three, what if you had six to 12 months of emergency expenses banked up as wealth, money in the bank? Um, you know you don't have to follow the orders from your boss. If you're in a job right now that you don't like, you might be paranoid, stuck, and trapped because you know that everything your boss tells you to do, everything that, that is forced on you, you've got to do it because you don't have a whole lot of viable options on the background. But if you've built up a level of wealth, you know that you can really dictate and determine your course in the marketplace. This is exactly how Cash Flow Tactics started. Um, Brad and I, uh, we had this vision and view of Cash Flow Tactics well before cash flow tactics even began and we started masterminding and talking about it and we tried to do it in the in the in the infrastructure in which we both worked at before. We both worked um, inside of a fantastic company before, and we wanted to bring all of these ideas for cash flow tactics to that company, and it just wasn't the right fit, to be honest with you. It wasn't the right fit for them. We were um, short-sighted in what the work and the expenses and what was ultimately going to be required to launch what is today cash flow tactics, and so we had to walk away. We had to walk away from a very, very high income, and we went eight months, eight months, without any income. And had we not been prepared for that, I don't know if cash flow tactics would have ever come to fruition. So the real wealth was having the option. When the time, when the push came to shove, when our dreams were on the line, would we follow them? Would we seize the opportunity or would we have to shrink back into mediocrity and wait for the right time? So look, the reality of it is more wealth is really, it's really the way um, to find a sense of fulfillment. Wealth, in my opinion, is options. Wealth is time. Wealth is freedom. Freedom is doing what you want, when you want, with the people you want, for as long as you want. It's control over your life. And in study after study after study after study, it's very difficult to identify what makes someone wealthy from a monetary standpoint. You can find wealthy people all the way from Mother Teresa up to probably, I don't know, Warren Buffett right? But the reality of it is the thing that defines wealth more than anything, as you look at it, it's not the money someone makes or the home that someone lives in or the car that they drive. It's a sense of being able to dictate and drive the circumstances of your life, having a sense of control or options over the course of your life. That is true wealth. And wealth 
is a function of the money that you don't spend. My friends, I hope you're getting the point of all of this because look, I think so many people get into our game of cash flow tactics and they wanna dive right in. They wanna invest every single dollar that they have. They want to use leverage. They wanna buy the real estate. They wanna cash flow. And all of those things are 100% necessary to becoming financially free. But, but, and here's the big caveat to that. Those things are not sustainable unless you build a, build a sustainable foundation from the very beginning. It's your ability to keep the money that you make, to have a foundation, to navigate the variability that will inevitably come inside of your game plan that will create true lasting wealth. And when, when you have that foundation, this is what wealth is made out of. It's the options, it's the freedom, it's the abundance that comes from having dollars stored up in your bank account. I love the way Jimmy talks about his vault um, the vault is the, the central tool that we use inside of our game to help people build and store their cash. It's a high cash value, whole life insurance policy. It's a place to put your money where your money's safe from market fluctuations. It's safe from creditors and predators. It's safe from litigation. It's safe from taxes. It keeps your money safe from all of the outside forces that would normally deteriorate someone's money. It gives you the access and liquidity so when you need to access those options, it's there. And Jimmy, every single time he sells a home out in St. Louis, he puts $1,000 in his vault. And he calls it his Alamo. It's just this money that he knows is out there. And every time he gets a little bit nervous about his business or about the economy or just, you know, natural human tendency to be nervous, is that all going to work out? He goes into his Al Alamo because he kind of forgets how much money he has in there. And he looks at that and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm good. I have months, I have years, I have decades of options in front of me. And that is what true wealth is. And let me give you another view of looking about how this wealth can actually work for you. Okay. I mean, you know, I think some people get a little bit uh, scared, nervous, and agitated when we talk about reserves because they think their money could be more productive elsewhere. And this is the way I thought when I first got into the game of investing. Every dollar that wasn't invested in real estate, I felt like it was a dollar that wasn't working to get me what I want because I had such a short sight of what I actually wanted. I wanted to be free. And to be free requires a foundation of abundance and assets that are cash flowing. But let me give you a realistic example. Um, this comes from a phenomenal book. It's called The Psychology of Money. Uh, the Psychology of Money. And he gives an example that I have never actually heard before. I thought it was so dang fascinating. So a lot of us like to look to Warren Buffett as like the pinnacle of financial success, right? I mean, he's this whole dude. People gather around when he talks like it's Woodstock for, for money. And it's true. That guy is crazy successful. And here's the crazy part, okay? Uh, at the time of the writing of this book, Psychology of Money, I don't know, it was probably a couple years ago, um, he says that Warren had an estimated net worth of over $84.5 billion. $84.5 billion, an un unfathomable amount to 99.9% .9 of the people in the world, but $84.5 billion of net worth. And there have been countless books, countless podcasts, countless people pointing to Warren Buffett as the pinnacle of success. And there's been lots of different things that have been broken down or created to try to dissect what led to all of his success. You know, in fact, if you went to Amazon right now, 
and typed in Warren Buffett, there's over 2,000 books written documenting his investing prowess, his success. But not a single one of the books or programs or people that point to his success actually capture the true essence or the true secret of his success. Okay, so all they talk about is how he made his money, the investing, the timing, the, the principle-based decisions that he made. They all talk about investing prowess, which by, by no means is exceptional, right? He is an exceptional investor by no doubt, okay? But the real secret to his wealth is this, and let me give you the example, okay? Um, of his $84.2 billion, $84.2 billion, 81.5 billion of that amount came after his mid 60s. Now, if Warren Buffett had been a typical investor, and let's say uh, he started investing in his 30s, and let's say from his age 30s all the way up to his age 65, the normal retirement age, let's say he got his compounding, you know, what he's famous for of getting a return of north of 20%. Warren Buffett would have grown his wealth to 11 million dollars. Now, by no stretch of the imagination, that's an amazing sum of money, 11 million dollars, but it's nowhere near close to the 84.2 billion dollars that is his true net worth. So what is the secret? If it's not his 22% rate of return over that period of time, what is his real secret? Here's the secret. Warren Buffett began his investing journey at age 10. I know it's crazy, but at age 10, by the time he was 30, he had already amassed an, an, an adjusted infl for inflation amount of $9 million. And the reason um, $81.5 billion of the $84.2 billion in net worth came after his 60s was a function of time. A function of time. It was the simple value of compounding interest. We've all heard of the hockey stick approach, you know, where everything's flat, 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 flat until it goes vertical. The only way people get to experience the true mastery, the true beauty, the true uh, phenomenon of compound interest is time. My friends, I am now 13 years into my journey with putting money into a vault. I am just barely starting to experience a small amount of compounding. Now there's compounding for sure, but it's not the millions of dollars that are just making money on top of making money on top of making money. So I am just getting going on my function of compounding for time. You know, if you take Warren Buffett going from age 10 to age, I don't know what he is, mid 80s, that is nearly a full century of compounding growth. And that is the secret to his wealth. So my friends, true wealth is money not spent. True wealth are options. True wealth is money sitting on the sideline and giving you the ability to live your best life and to dictate the terms of your life. So my friends, wherever you're at in your journey to becoming financially free, don't forget this lesson. Don't forget that living rich and being wealthy are two different things. And you have to balance both of those thought processes and behaviors at the same time. You have to hold two contradicting thoughts in your mind simultaneously of, I want my money to work, but I want my money to sit idle and be patient and grow over the long run and not experience the volatility that is inherent with every single growth investing strategy out there. So my friends, if you want true wealth, be conditioned to put money aside and really allow that money to work for you over time, but allow that money more than anything to give you the options to pursue and live your best life. My friends, I hope this podcast serves you today. Wherever you're at, continue to rise up and live free and be wealthy, my friends.
Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less? Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working, and interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free, and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join. I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.